This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. Welcome back to another episode of Everything Will Be Okay. This week, I'm joined by an outspoken political columnist who has experienced many seasons in her career, from reporting on presidential campaigns to being on the sidelines of Steelers games to covering national politics. Selena Zito is a national political reporter and columnist for the Washington Examiner and the New York Post. As a captivating writer and storyteller, Selena has been able to mentor and guide young women in seeking out career opportunities to best optimize not only their lives, but their fullest potential. Selena Zito, I love having you on this podcast. And just for everybody to know, we had recorded one and then a gremlin went into the computer system and whatever and corrupted the sound audio file. So we are redoing this. But a second time will be even better, right? Actually, the truth is we just wanted to gab together again. Let's be honest. An excuse for anything. So (laughs) one of the things um, that I really stressed in my first book and the good news is was that just because I had not gone to an Ivy League school and not grown up on either one of the coasts but was from you know born in Wyoming raised in Colorado and um, went to high school in a rural part of the state and went to college on a speech team scholarship at the University of Southern Colorado there was a long time that I felt like in um that I had an inferiority complex, really, when I moved to Washington, right. D.C., and it took me a while to kind of get over it. And to be honest, there are some times that I still feel that way. Um, right. And it's, it's a strange thing. And I think that you have a great perspective about how young people, and of course, I, I gear my book, Everything Will Be Okay, towards young women, but I do think this applies to... Right both genders across the board around the country. You traveled the country, you've seen how wonderful it is, how many opportunities they are. And if you grow up in a small town, you are just as valuable, just as intelligent, just as smart as somebody who went to Harvard. Yeah, that's, that is absolutely true. Well, I did not grow up in a small town. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is considered a medium-sized town. It is also still the Paris of Appalachia, right? It's not exactly, you know, Washington, D.C. or New York City. I grew up and went to a city school. I went to community college. And so my first job in newsrooms um, which, by the way, didn't happen until I was in my four, late 40s, um, were I, ha- you know, everyone there had like these spectacular pedigrees of, of schooling. And what I had was experience in people. And, and I had a, a great couple of bosses that taught me early on. And one was a woman that said, look, 
just because you don't have that sort of super special education doesn't mean you don't have skills that other people wish they had. Not all skills come from an Ivy League school. And her encouragement um, helped me in, um, in, in trying and, in, in, you know, sort of getting over myself, getting over being a head case. And, and continuing just to put my head down and, and get out there. I mean, it's, it's incredibly intimidating, not intimidating. Well, yeah, intimidating to be standing around with a bunch of other reporters waiting to interview either President Bush or President Obama. And you, you almost in your mind, you see all their degrees floating over your head. And then in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm that girl from community college, but whatever. I'm going <laughs> to ask questions. I'm going to ask questions that I think people want to hear. And, and so I think part of the, what I think of as my strengths is that I don't live in Washington, Mm D.C. Even though I work for a New York City newspaper, the New York Post, and I work for the Washington Examiner, a D.C.-based newspaper, um, I I live outside of those areas. So I, you have to look at what your strengths are and, 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 and utilize them. And, and you have to, like I said, get over yourself, get outside of your head and, and use what got you in the door to get the job in the first place. Employers, employers like someone who isn't a cookie cutter of everyone that is in their organization is smart. Employers do Uh, part of our problem in, in, in not just newsrooms in this country, but also in corporations, in academia, in institutions, in governments, is that everybody comes from sort of the same place and has the same education and is connected to the same kinds of people. Corporations, newsrooms, institutions, and academia, and Hollywood are beginning to understand that they are, they are losing people sitting in their seats or or buying their products or reading their products or watching their products because they're not because they don't have enough cultural diversity. Mm-hmm. So so that was my strength and I think whatever you do you have to realize what makes me different, what makes me stand out. I don't have this this and this, but you know what? I have that and that's going to make me important in this wherever mm-hmm. I'm choosing to work. Do you find that in this new post-pandemic hybrid work environment, what are you hearing about people who are making a decision to perhaps leave the big city behind and take advantage of opportunities to work from home? There is, a, I see a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people either um, leave the big city and, and go to a medium-sized town or a small town or not maybe the suburbs of where they're from, but maybe the excerpts. And they are working from home. Uh, but um, they're also, a lot of people are taking risks and opening small businesses too. Ones they can, some, I would say the bulk of them are things they can do from home. And they're finding there's more economic freedom, freedom but there's also more of an emotional satisfaction. And, and, you know, and I think it's a, it's the most positive phenomena to come out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I do too. Especially as women had yeah. been saying for a long time, um, 
we are just would like a little bit more flexibility so we can manage both work and home. And you, you're a mom and now a grandmother yeah. and you see that. And now it's like because of this forced experiment, people have proven that they can be productive in that in that kind of I mean, role. Absolutely. I mean, early on in my career, you know, th- before the internet, <laughs> before you could really work from home, I devised a way through a lot of scheming and putting puzzles together and 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 and, and leaning on people to let me uh, to allow me to work from home to do just that when when my children were young. Um, uh, unfortunately, that's when my marriage ended. But I had been a stay-at-home mom, and so I didn't want too many changes for the kids. Mm-hmm. So I just sat down and made a list of, okay, what are the things you're good at? What can you do? And go look for those jobs, and then talk them into letting you work from home, which, by the way, took months. But however, I was able to figure that out. We'll be back with more of this interview after this. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What kind of advice did did you ever have a piece of advice that somebody gave you along the way that you find yourself repeating over and over? Yeah, uh, I, I had a boss. Her name was Sandy Tulliver. She was my uh, um, she was the news editor in 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 the Pittsburgh Tribune Review uh, newspaper that I worked out for a couple of decades, and and she always said, you know recognize what you are good at and and let it take you um let it help guide your instincts and you'll never go wrong and and she was right i'll give you for instance um i wanted so bad to go on the um the uh the campaign bus Right. Yeah. Like that was the big deal. The campaign bus, the campaign bus for people who aren't familiar with it. That's when that's where the poll reporters go and you get to go across the country or across the state with the presidential campaign. I thought that was going to be the be all to the end all. <laughs> she was very skeptical um, about about it. But I was I, I needed to try that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I needed to think I could be shoulder to shoulder with all these, you know, sort of national reporters. Well, I will tell you three days on the campaign um, bus and I was crying. I mean, <laughs> there weren't the cell phones weren't a big thing then. And um, I, I remember we were in Scranton, Pennsylvania at the airport, which is as teeny tiny as you can get. And there was a phone booth. And while everyone was talking to, I think it was Hillary Clinton, I snuck off and used the cell phone, used the payphone, and called my editor, Collect, and started talking. And of course, you know when you're when you're like angry and upset or whatever. At least with me, I then of course am blubbering in tears. I'm like, I want to go home. <laughs> they well, 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 actually, I didn't say I wanted to go home. I'm like. 
I can't do it this way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not built this way. Uh, all I get every day are handouts from the campaign and they won't let me talk to people. And uh, how I, the only per- people I'm with are reporters and they're not going to decide the election. Please, please, please let me go home. I mean, let me, let me get off this bus and let me just drive around and talk to people because then I'll know what's going on. I don't know what's going on right now. I just know what the campaign is telling me. Mm-hmm. And to his great credit, he said, okay, Zito. And I don't even remember how I got home because I just remember it was sort of like <laughs> that scene out of that movie under the Tuscan sun where, where the bus takes off and she's just standing in the middle of Italy <laughs> with her bags. That's sort of what happened to me. I'm like, well, now what do I do? I'm in Scranton. <laughs> but I, I, I think I got a, uh, uh, I think I got a, um, um, a rent a car. I, I guess I did. I don't even remember. You just figured it out. I just, I did. I figured it out. There's not, there's not a problem you can't solve. And trust mm-hmm. me, I've been in plenty of problems. Uh, yeah, uh, I think in that in you, you're very open about talking about your uh, marriage ending. And I wonder where you found or, or when you realized that you had that important quality of resilience. And where do you think that came from? Oh, it came from, so um, I'm, I'm Italian, in case anybody didn't notice with my last name, I'm Italian. So I grew up next door, like Italian families in particular in Rust Belt cities like Pittsburgh, everybody lives next door to each other. Like I lived next door to my grandma and my aunts and my uncles and all of them were from Italy. And they would, and, and they were all incredibly great storytellers. And these stories of their lives and, and how they came to be where they were in life. It was, it was just middle class, but, but trust me, it was better than coming to this country with 14 cents in your pocket. They, they, they were inspiring to me. I wanted to be like them. And I think as, as a person, not even as a reporter, but as a person, I always carry my family. Like, you know how you were a kid and you would imagine like, you know, the good side and the bad side on either mm-hmm. side of your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I always bring my family with me um, mm-hmm. and, and, and wonder what would they do? What would my grandparents do? What would my parents do? How, how do I want my children and my grandchildren now to, to, to view my decision? It's that, that's actually, that actually played a large part in me leaving social media because I didn't think it was exactly a place where there was healthy discussions. I mm-hmm. didn't think we treated each other very well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also it, it didn't make me a better reporter. I think I try to always do things that make me better at what I, at what I do. I mean, had we continued to watch during the Pennsylvania primary in, in May, had we continued to watch Twitter and let it guide us to who was going to win the Pennsylvania primary, everyone would have walked away and thought it was the person who came in third place because that's where the energy was on Twitter. And if you looked at some of the where the energy was coming from, a lot of those 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 um, those people commenting had names with like 32 numbers after them or had just (laughs) had just joined Twitter. But there were thousands of them. So but if you watch Twitter, you thought, oh, that third place person's going to come. So so I, I had to leave 
social media for a number of reasons, and all of them were equally important to me. So, can, one of the things I suggest in Everything Will Be Okay, but I, I have to say, I don't know if it's exactly true, but it was a hunch, but I think you're proving it here in your experience, is that getting off social media has not hurt your career. Is that right? No, I have three full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I end up work, wrote a book and I'm syndicated in hundreds of newspapers every week. Um, so social media has leaving it. I mean, I'm on Facebook and, and Instagram, but those aren't, aren't as they aren't transactional in the way that Twitter is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and so they don't drive people to read things in the way that, that, that Twitter did. But, um, you know, I, I leaving social media hasn't impacted me at, at all. It hasn't impacted my readership. Um, and it hasn't uh, impacted um, how people view my expertise in in certain areas, you know. So so that would be states that I cover, like Pennsylvania, like Ohio and Georgia and Michigan and Wisconsin, and 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 going to be heading back to Wyoming in a couple months. I mean, the, the, that hasn't impacted um, that, and and so I think. I think I'll be okay. I, you know, there have been play, there have been times when I, I can remember this so clearly. There have been times in my in my life when, especially when my my children were young, and even when I started out in this business, where I would write all my bills out and have like a hundred and fifty dollars left to wait to make it until the next. In, in for makeup for two weeks, and I would just sit on my on my, on my landing in my in my house and just cry. But I also knew once I got those tears out, I also had to make sure that we stretched that out and we were able to do it. My um my daughter, I will never forget this moment. My daughter, I I, I would susp- I think she was maybe thirteen or fourteen years old. We were traveling with a friend of hers to Florida. The uh, family owned um a, um two they they owned a car dealership, so they lent me a, a car to to drive down to Florida. And um, they were filling the gas tank up, and and in both of the cars, their cars as well as well as mine. And and um, it was, you know, maybe $20. And my daughter turned to the, to the father and said, oh, wow, your cars are really different. My mom's only ever takes $5. Well, it's like, it's usually only had $5 to, to pay for it. And most of the time we paid in quarters. Oh, gosh. Do you remember that? The, 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 um, like, oh. You know in your car how you had the middle part, what was that called, the console thing? Yeah. And if you open it yeah. and then you could, if you had like a whole roll of quarters or a bunch of quarters, like you could yeah. get some gum, maybe yeah. throw in some, I, some gas. Oh yeah. We, there have been, I mean, I've been, where was, I was in the Black Hills um, in, in South Dakota last year and got two flat tires. Oh no. Um, and it was. It was getting dark and <gasps> it had no cell service. Oh, there's like, no, I know there's no self service there. It's very frustrating. No service. I mean, how am and, I supposed to post my pictures of the faces on Instagram? <laughs> and, and last year, I also got a flat tire somewhere, 
somewhere in Maryland. I had no idea where I was, but for God must have been shining down on me because I landed right in front of a gas station and ended up getting the most wonderful story of all these really interesting people and the food they made at the gas station. And, you know, it was it, it, it ended up being one of my favorite stories that I wrote last year. But somehow things do work out. It just doesn't always seem like it in the moment. Well, we have you just summarized everything will be okay, like in the in the perfect yeah. one sentence thing, because it is true, and you don't you don't know that. And I when I write about the quarter life crisis, um, it's pretty fun for me to watch these young women that uh, work here at Fox or people that are sort of uh, my friends' children, and you know, at twenty four, twenty five, it just feels like nothing's going right, and then you know something will happen, something will turn around. It might be a job, might be a promotion, might be getting engaged. There's there's something that always right. happens, and then once you get the job or you find the life partner, then oh, well, then the life partner comes along or the job comes along, and as long as right. you are just you know, working your program, I guess is a better, a best way to say it. I mean, that's kind of, that's something I, that's from Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, that's part of the serenity prayer, right? Like do your thing. Don't worry about what you can't control and everything will work out. Okay. That, that is absolutely true. I think two things get me through all the time besides my family sitting on my shoulders. Um, confidence. Uh, even if you don't, even, even if you're self-doubting yourself, push that aside, confidence. And the other thing is I have this image I put in my head of holding a, a balloon, a helium balloon. And when there's things I can't control, I just remind myself to let it go. Just let it go because you can't change it. Hmm. You can't change this circumstance. You've got to let it go. It's like knocking on a wall and keep hoping it'll somehow turn into a door. It's not going to. So you let it go. Wow. I've never heard. That's a great idea. Great visual. Yeah. Oh, visuals are wonderful. Mm. They're wonderful. They're like cooking only with your with your imagination. <laughs> you imp- create these scenarios in your head. As we wrap um, up here, how important is it for people to have something that they love to do that's outside of the work that they do? That is that is remarkably that is remarkably important. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it means taking taking a walk or a hike or a bike ride or trying out new recipes all the time. One of my favorite things to do is to collect antique like antique cookbooks, like book cookbooks from like the 1800s and, and try recipes in the way that they made it. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but how most of the time it makes me laugh and it makes me think about what their lives were like when they were making it. Um, and that is the neatest, uh, that is the neatest idea (laughs) for a collection. I, and then do you make the recipes? Oh, I do. I make the recipes and I serve it. Every Sunday, my family has dinner. Uh-huh. And, um, and and I usually try to bring one oddball thing that I What's found. Like, name a, something that's old- been oddball that you cooked. Oh, my gosh. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, blueberry buckle, which came from a, a cookbook from the 1920s. A, a a gold medal flower um, cookbook 
Uh, and and that and, and it was a very very um, sort of spe- you know a very summer in in Appalachia um, kind of um, uh, meal a uh, uh, dessert and it was so simple they used very small amounts of pick of of of, of ingredients and uh, that's one of the things I really enjoy uh, about it. Oh, a butter cake too. Like people don't make a, a true butter cake anymore with the big hole in the middle. You have to have sort of a special pan. I still have my grandmother's pan, so I made a butter cake. And um, oh my gosh, that sounds good. That was. <laughs> Is it sweet? That was amazing. It it's sort of like a Lorna Dune kind oh, of yeah. sweetness. Like, oh yeah, just enough, <laughs> just enough that it's perfect. The other thing I like to do, and this is really weird, but it's fun, is I like to go around when I'm in different parts of the country and I'll buy old vintage antique postcards. I like and, those. Um, and But I then I use Ancestry mm-hmm. to find their families. Oh, wow. To find their, their families. Then I find their descendants, drop it in the mail, and just send it to them. Oh, that's so neat. I fo- I've actually followed... Um, a Twitter account. It's antique postcards from the UK, and oh, cool! And so they and they sometimes the captions are just it's just like, sometimes they're just so weird, um, and it's obviously out of context. But I like to think about like whoever was receiving it understood what this cryptic message was meant to say, right? Yeah, it's it, really it's neat. So it's so much. It's so much fun, and. You know, I just try to imagine when everybody, anybody gets one of them, like, but I never tell them it's from me. I just send them with no postmark and, and just like a little surprise, something to make someone happy. Yep. So there's all kinds of fun that's, things. You know, that's what things. I used to do before Facebook. <laughs> that's how I networked <laughs> to, to stay in touch with people, to let them know they were on my mind yeah. and that I was thinking about them. Well, yeah. uh, Selena, thank you so much for joining me and for obviously we'd like to have a chat. And we hope that the listeners enjoy listening to this chat as, you know, it's fun to do a podcast where you feel like you have enough time and you're not in a rush and you're just really glad to talk to somebody. I I just admire you so much. Um, I follow all of your work and then I always try to tag you on Twitter when I repost your work and then I'm like, oh, wait, (laughs) she's not here. She's not here anymore. Well, here's how people can follow me. Um, they just go to my website since I have three full-time jobs. It's just my name, selenazito.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-Z-I-T-O. If they want to, they can sign up for my emails. They're free, they're fun, and they're not fattening. I mean, if I could make them fattening, they would be, but uh, they're not. Emails with a um, slice of butter cake. Uh, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? I think it's pretty good. We need to make that cake again. It was good. so good. Well, cheers to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do a show called The Five. Oh, awesome! I will wave to you. Okay, take care. Thank you, Selena. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks, Dana. Bye bye. One of the things I've always wanted to do is go on a road trip with Selena Zito. So I'm hoping that one day that gets to happen. I think that we would have a lot of fun and we'd certainly learn a lot. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino. Everything will be okay.
It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.